Hello, this is Jamie Livingston and Hanako Gallagher, and we are Undecided California. How are you doing, Hanako? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm leaving tomorrow. I know. You're deserting me. I am deserting you forever and ever. Pretty much. Yeah, an entire week. (laughs) What am I going to do? So we're recording this very early. Yes. Yes, we are. July 2nd. And it's coming out July 11th. More than a week in advance. Who are we? We're so on top of things. Oh my god, we're crazy. Anyways. (laughs) What are we talking about today? So this week we're going to be covering the different positions you vote on during the election. So things such as like the governor and the lieutenant governor, but not just that, also things... That you may not know, such as the insurance commissioner or superintendent of public instruction. Yeah. People you saw on your ballot and you were like, I don't know what that is, but the Mercury News told me to vote for this person, so. Yeah, so I'm going to vote for them. Or the LA Times or whatever you partake in reading. Yes. So we split up the different duties, different offices that you vote for equally and we're each gonna go and turn and talk about one in a no real particular order just as they come up yeah yeah so yeah here we go you want to go first since you have the biggest person oh yeah i have the governor so the governor is the head of the executive branch so in the state of california and the rest of the united states our government is broken up into three branches the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. He is the, an elected constitutional officer. He is voted by popular vote and has a four-year term. And you can have that four-year term only twice. So he's term limits. He can only serve eight years. Our current governor is the 39th governor of California, Jerry Brown, who's a Democrat. He was actually elected a couple years, like, 20 years 30 years earlier Mm -hmm. um before there were term limits in place so he was able to run again in 20 2010 2010 yeah he was able to run again in 2010 the duties of the governor include the power to veto bills the the state legislature can override a veto with two-thirds majority in both the state assembly and the state senate so it's a super majority Okay, so after that, no more veto. It's just, it's passed. Yeah. Okay. The governor can veto particular items from appropriations bill while leaving other parts intact, which means they can, like, say, oh, I like, I don't like this part of the bill, so we're going to get rid of it, but we're going to keep the rest of the bill. Okay. Yeah. And he also has the power to, of, like, law enforcement, because the executive branch controls the enacting of, like, police and stuff, so, like, Trump is in charge of ICE. Uh-huh. Trump is in charge of the military. That's the executive branch. Okay. Bureaucrats are part of the executive branch. So, Governor Jerry Brown is in charge of the law enforcement. That means he has the ability to grant pardons. That's why presidents and governors can grant pardons, because they're in charge of the executive branch. Mm-hmm. So, he can grant pardons except in the terms of impeachment. which is occurs through the legislative branch. Okay. 
In addition, he can call the National Guard into active duty and can call the California State Military Reserves into active duty to support guardsmen. Also, the governor of California uh, has voting powers in the, the regions of the University of California and the governing board of the University of California system, along with other elected officials. A majority of the members of the regents of the University of California board are appointed by the governor. So he's in charge of the educational system in terms of our UCs. Mm-hmm. He appoints different members. He is an acting voting member on the boards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He is required each year to make a state of the state address. <laughs> Great name. Like state of the union, but state of the state, which sounds horrible in my opinion. Yeah. State of California. Why can't we just call it that? <laughs> what is the state of California? Come on. He can also order reports and any information um, from state officers to help, you know, legislative branches do their jobs. And he can also appoint individuals to state school as superintendent, the lieutenant governor, secretary of state, state controller, state treasurer, attorney general, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if there's a vacancy. So he can fill vacancies with an executive branch if they occur, and that needs approval from the legislative branch. So he'll appoint someone and then they need to be approved by the... Yeah, okay. by the state assembly and by the state senate. Okay. Yeah. So that is our governor. Cool. Oh, and then he also is in charge of the budget. So he is in charge of balancing the budget and he puts forth a balanced budget and then it needs to be approved by the... The state legislator needs to approve it or adopt the budget. Okay. And it requires a two-thirds majority. To pass a budget. So he has to submit a proposal of the state to the state legislator in January. And there's a whole process behind that. We'll put it up on our blog. It's a little intense to go into right now. Yeah. Okay, anything else that you learned about the governor? What about, like, how much money does he make? I don't know how much money he makes. I bet he makes more than any other elected official. I would be surprised if he made less. That is true. Let me look it up. Jerry Brown makes a little under 200000 a year. I think it's 190100 Okay. Yeah. Something like that. So he makes money. He makes good money. He still makes less than, like, a CEO of a company. And oh, he yeah. runs an entire economy yeah. and state. So for how big of a job, I don't think he gets paid that well, much. Well, I don't think he's underpaid. I think CEOs are overpaid. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Don't need to go down that slippery slope. <laughs> okay. So what's next? The Lieutenant Governor, which was covered by the lovely Hanukkah. Yes. So this would kind of be like the Vice President of California. But in California, in other states, sometimes the Governor and Lieutenant Governor are running mates, so they run together and you elect them at the same time. But in California, they're separate, so often they're from different parties. And in practice, the lieutenant governor really doesn't have very much power. Yeah. Yeah, what does he do? Yeah, so... I mean, the (laughs) vice president of the United States doesn't have any power either, except he's a tie vote in the... I guess. Yeah, same same idea. So he is the president of the California State Senate, which actually is mostly ceremonial, except in the case of a tie when he gets to break it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, the, like, joke is that the lieutenant governor just, like, wakes up, checks if the governor's died, and then, like, goes back to sleep. (laughs) It's like, he doesn't really do a whole lot. 
Um, but, like, when the governor's out of state, he can do some, like, perfunctory duties, but he's not really supposed to, like, sign off on orders and stuff. He's not supposed to manage the state. He's just supposed to be, like, the replacement for him for a minute. Yeah, like, stand in for him. Um, he's also on a few boards, like, for the UCs and CSUs. He chairs the Commission for Economic Development, so he's working on how to attract businesses to California, how to create jobs and increase exports. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And also, historically, not many lieutenant governors have been able to, like, make the move up to governor. Oh. So it's not usually, like, a springboard, but Gavin Newsom, who's the current lieutenant governor, is likely to become our state governor. Yeah, according to the Cook Report, he's very likely. He's, like, more than likely. It's likely. (laughs) Keep saying likely. Likely, likely. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess... Newsom has been a prominent political figure in California for a long time. Yeah. Oh, and the lieutenant governor makes $137,093. All right. So, less than the governor, but not that much less considering he does a lot less than the governor. Yeah, he doesn't do much in comparison. I bet he still has a full day. Oh, yeah. They probably have a lot of, you know, meetings and, like, diplomatic events and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What's next? Should I go to Secretary of State? Yeah. His main responsibility is is as the chief elections officer. Okay. So he runs everything to do with, like, the democratic process. Um, so the Secretary of State's office is, like, 500 people, and collectively they oversee all the elections, they manage state ballot initiatives, they maintain the database of voters, they have to disclose all of the campaign financial information. Okay. Candidate paperwork, maintaining voting machines, and at the end of the election, they account and certify and publicize the results. So that's why in the case of Proposition 70, was it? Where they got sued? Oh. Alex Padilla got sued? What did he get sued for? Is it seventy one or seventy? Oh, it was the title of the of the proposition was yeah, like the description of the proposition was wrong. I remember which one it was about. It was about the proposition that the cap and trade one. It was the cap and trade one. Yeah. Okay. So the way that he wrote the description, they argued was bias, and he's in charge of all of that. So that's why he was the one who was sued. Okay. Yeah, most of these offices also, the terms are four years, and you are limited to two terms. And all the elections fall in the same year for all of these offices. All right. Um, He also does some more, like, ceremonial stuff, like, he safeguards our state archives, he's a trustee for the California Museum, and he's, like, in charge of the California Constitution. So... How do you in charge of the California Constitution? I guess it's, like... Is it, like, the U.S. Constitution where it's, like, a piece of paper, or is it, like, all digital? <laughs> oh, I bet there's a digital copy. Um, there's probably the original format. Did they write it by hand? Well, it was back in the... The state's not that young. It was founded in the 19th century. They probably had a typewriter. <laughs> I don't think typewriters were invented until, like, the 20th century, or the oh, late really? 19th century. Mm. Late 19th century. This was so They probably have a big yellow piece of paper that says, <laughs> We the people. We the people. <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah, so Alex Padilla has that, you know, tucked oh, away Padilla. somewhere. 
And also he's in charge of the Great Seal, which is like the seal of California that they stamp on all of our documents. These seem like really random things to be in charge of. Like, does he get to like change it if he wants? Like the seal, if he wants to like... I think he's just like the honorary, like, you know, keeper of these documents. So if someone defaces the seal, he's gonna get sued. (laughs) He's gonna get sued. You gotta protect the seal. Come on, you're not doing your job. (laughs) Yeah, just a lot of business uh, um, paperwork. Okay. So any corporation that wants to file for business in California goes through the Secretary of State's office. Okay. And if you get married, he has you on his marriage registry. Oh, exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Um, Yeah, and he makes the same amount of money as the lieutenant governor. Okay, cool. All right, should I talk about the state senate versus state assembly? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. The state legislative branch is a bicameral body consisting of a lower house and an upper house. So the upper house would be the state senate and the lower house would be California State Assembly. The state assembly consists of 90 members while the state senate consists of 40. So state senators have a larger district to cover than the state assembly does. Okay. Yeah. New legislators uh, convene every each every two years to organize so there's a new um body every two years like entirely new not entirely new um well the state assembly can be new okay because that's um their term their limit their terms are only two years the state senate is every four years and the state senate um every two years like they switch who's re-elected so right now, we're going through all the state senators that are in even districts. Okay. 2020, we'll go through all the state senators that are in odd districts. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then, so can they run for re-election after their term's over? Yes. Up to 12 years on office, they can serve. Oh, wow. Okay. So in either branch, they can serve only 12 years. In, not either, yeah, in either branch. Not branch, but in either house. Okay. So they can that sounds be, like a lot. So they could be like a senator for two terms and then a assemblyman for two terms as well. I see. Okay. Yeah. And that's a co- like total of 12 years. And then they would have to either run for like governor or a state or Congress or something else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the term limits were established in 1990 following the passage of Proposition 140. And then in 2012, voters approved Proposition 28, which limits legislators to maximum 12 years. So that was very recent. But yeah. So like, is there, do you have more power as a state senator than a state assembly person? No. No? You do the same job. Like pretty much exactly the same job. You just have a, you might have more power because you represent more people. Yeah. But... How the process works is that a bill can be brought up through the state assembly or the state senate. And then it's voted on later on by each house. So it's kind of weird then. It's different from the U.S. system. Yeah. So it's based off the U.S. system. Most states are based off the U.S. system. But the reason we have a bicameral system within the U.S. is that during 
the founding of this country, smaller states were scared that they were going to be overruled by the larger states. And they wanted equal representation as the larger states because they're like, we're our own unit, we're our own, you know, entity. We should have as much representation, even though we have a smaller population than some other states. Yeah. And the larger states were like, no, we have more people, so we should have more say. So there should be a more distributed representation. And that's why they came up with the Senate, which gives everyone two, two senators, so two votes. And they came up with the House, which has 435 representatives throughout the United States for Congress. Okay. And then there's 100 senators. So that's why the Electoral College equals 535. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., like a U.S. senator versus like a U.S. House member, does one of them have more power? No, they have equal amount of power. Okay. There's nothing extra that the Senate can do that the Assemblyman can't. It's just representing more people. Yeah, that's basically it. Okay. That's as much as I could find as the difference. I tried to find, like, a versus each other, and I, all I found were articles like, why do we have a state Senate? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. We should just have a state assembly. Nebraska has a unicameral system, which means they oh. just have one house. They said it would lead to less backdoor deals. I don't necessarily think that's true if we just had a unicameral system because we would have to have more representation in the assembly. And that means we'd have smaller districts, which means it'd be more divided up for California, which means it'd be more people to negotiate in one body. Yeah. So do senators and assemblymen whose districts like overlap, do they like work with each other? Or they're, they're not, like... If they're the same party, they might campaign together, but I don't think they necessarily work within the legislature. Okay. So the, the districts that they use to break up California is just based on population? Yeah. It's based on population density. Okay. So, like, the Bay Area would probably, in terms of square feet, have more representation than somewhere in, like, central california that has less dense population so there's less people to represent okay that makes sense so the treasurer is basically like the chief investment officer banker and financer of california so they manage our pooled money investment account they sit on the boards of our pension funds for state employees Mm mm-hmm um, they help finance public work and investment programs. They issue bonds, and they're also responsible for paying back bonds Okay. from our account. You know, they cover state expenditures based on warrants from the controller. Okay. So the controller kind of has wider responsibilities and more authority than the treasurer. Yeah, I found that when I was looking at the State Board of Equalization, that the control is kind of like the head of it. Yeah, which is weird because I didn't really, like, I don't hear a lot about controllers, I feel like. Yeah, it's weird. Treasurers and controllers make more than the Secretary of State. Really? And the Lieutenant Governor. They seem to have, like, more of a larger job. Yeah. So that's the state treasurer. Yes. So the state treasurer doesn't actually balance the budget or anything like that. He just takes the information from the governor and mixed a reality. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So next up is the insurance commissioner, 
which my mother always asks why we have one. <laughs> but they actually play like a pretty intense role. Uh, the duties and cover overseeing and directing all functions of the Department of Insurance. License regulates and examines insurance companies. This means that it is basically the overseer of all the insurance companies out there in California. Any type of insurance? Any type of insurance. Okay. So making sure like anything from disaster insurance to health insurance to homeowner insurance is all being correctly supervised. Okay. Answers public questions and complaints. Duh. Enforces the laws of California Insurance Code and adopts regulations to implement the laws, which is pretty cool. And then the mission is to ensure a vibrant market to ins- where insurers keep their promises and health and economy <laughs> security of individuals, families, and businesses are protected. Mm. So exciting. <laughs> Ding. The current insurance commissioner is Dave Jones, and he has a four-year term. Before uh, 1991, the position was actually appointed by the governor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that is the insurance commissioner. Exciting, right? How does the public know who's going to make a good insurance commissioner? Well, I was looking at the candidates, and one of them actually had, like, things to talk about in terms of, like, what he wanted to do as the position, and then the other guy was just, like, a Democrat. (laughs) Okay. And he's just like, I support LGBTQ, and I'm like, how does that have to do with insurance? Yeah. And, like, I read it, and it just had nothing to do... It just was, like, a report on what he's done. He's, like, on the issues. And he's, like, environment. And I was, like, oh, is he going to talk about, like, natural disasters and how we need to have insurance? It's, like, nope. Nope. <laughs> he didn't talk about that. So, yeah. So, is it usually someone who, like, used to work in insurance in the industry? No. It's more of, like, a politician. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who's just passionate about insuring things. Yeah. Okay. It's normally a bureaucrat. Not even, like, a state assembly or something like that. It's normally a bureaucrat. What is the state controller? Well, state controller is basically our chief financial officer. So, like, our accountant and bookkeeper in terms of how we spend money. Mm. So the responsibilities would include auditing all government agencies that are spending state funds. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, they administer the payroll for all our state employees and CSU employees. Oh, yeah. They also serve on boards like the Board of Equalization and the Franchise Tax Board. And they have the responsibility of informing the public and also government officials on our state's financial condition and what the government is spending money on. Okay. So maintaining that transparency. So if you had to like sum up their responsibility in like one sentence, what would you say it is? They're not making the decisions on what the money is spent on, but they're making sure that it happens in an honest and transparent way. So they're kind of like the payroll staff of California. Like, yeah. The HR. Yeah. They're like HR of California. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we have to make sure that all the money goes out to the right people. Yeah. Okay. And that, like, if we're in debt, like, this is how much debt we're in, and this is what the money is going to and everything. Okay. So they just manage the payments. Yes. Certain things. Okay. And that would include retirement payments, tax refunds, yeah, stuff like that. All right. So that ties into the State Board of Equalization. They're a public agency in charge of tax administration and fee collection in the state of California. Basically, that's what they do, is they're just a public agency in charge of tax administration and fee collection. 
Okay. And the members are elected? They are elected. You know, like, think of old-timey's times when... <laughs> old-timey times. Old-timey times when there was a king and he would have his servants go out and collect the taxes. Hear ye, hear ye, give me your money. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> but All right. But more formal and more online. <laughs> I wish they were just running around saying, hear ye, hear ye, give me your money. They have a bell. Uh, King needs a new sofa. Yeah, exactly. So the board is made up of four uh, district members. And the state is divided into four. We'll put a picture up online. So yeah, so the first district is made up of like NorCal a little bit, but like East NorCal. It includes such districts as Kings, Merced, Fresno, Alpine, Yuba, Sierra, Shasta. So it's all over the place. And portions of LA and portions of San Bernardino. And the representative is George Runner, who's a Republican. The second district is the other half of the first district. <laughs> and it's so runs, the whole western. Yeah, the whole western coast. Up okay. until L.A. area, basically. Okay. Their representative is Fiona Ma, who's a Democrat as well. And that includes, like, Alameda County, San Francisco, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, Sonoma, Santa Cruz, Napa. I actually know some of these districts. <laughs> like, reading them, like, oh, I have a picture in my head where they are. Right. Yeah. Um, and the third district is just made up of Ventura County and Los Angeles County. Because it's such a huge, densely populated area, it basically equals almost all of California in the first district. And that representative is Jerome Horton, who's a Democrat. And then the fourth district is made of like Orange County, Riverside, San Diego, and then portions of LA and San Bernardino. And, and who represents them is Diane Harkner, who's a Republican. So in June of 2017, so they used to have a lot more powers, but now they just focus on tax collection. Okay. So you yeah. said, so there's four districts and there's one member from each district. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the board is elected like, uh, like the treasurer and controller. Yeah. So how many people are on the board? Four. But oh. the controller also sits on the board. Then isn't that five? There's five people on the board, but there's four districts. Okay. So the controller okay, covers okay. all of California, but there's four districts, and each district has a representative. And the Board of Equalization is the only publicly elected tax commission in all of the United States. Oh. Yeah, That's so most states don't do this. What do they do? I think it's probably appointed by the governor. Okay. And they probably don't have it divided up by district. Yeah. That's weird, because taxes wouldn't differ by district. Right? No, statewide taxes don't differ by district. They differ by income, but by not by location. Um, you might have higher taxes. Not saying that other places don't have higher taxes than other places, but those are local taxes. Yeah. You have higher local taxes because of that area, or county taxes, etc., etc. Right. All right. Okay. And last but not least, the Superintendent of Public Instruction. So the SBI 
duties include executing policies set by the California State Board of Education and also heads the chairs of the board, serves as the state's chief spokesperson for public schools, provides educational policy and direction to local school districts, and serves as the ex-fisciato member of governing boards of the state's higher education system. So pretty much what you would expect. Yeah. They're basically like the principal for all of California. (laughs) (laughs) They look out for all the schools. The seat is nonpartisan and has been ever since 1919 and is an elected executive office in the California Department of Education. The current individual who holds it is Tom Torlaxon. I think I said that correct. I'm very impressed myself. Torlaxon. Anyways. Okay. And his term is only four years. So that oversees K-12 through education? Yes. It does not oversee college education so it does they're not he's not in charge of like community colleges or csus or ucs cool that's all of them well i have two more oh you have two more yeah my next section is about how judges are elected and retained to their court so the california judiciary system consists of three basically three levels of court so there's the supreme court there's just one of those and that's six people who are appointed by our governor and serve 12-year terms at a time. And after they're appointed, during the next general election, the people vote on whether they want to keep them around. Yeah, want to keep this person. And then the second level of courts would be courts of appeal. So we have one per district and six total. These are also appointed by the governor for 12-year terms. Okay. And then same thing, the general public will vote on them in the next election. So the next election after the 12-year term or the next election period? The first election after the judge is appointed. Okay. So just right after they're appointed, even if it's like the next day they have to be voted on? Yeah. Okay. So these are called appellate judges, and they're the ones who are sometimes targeted because of their rulings on the death penalty or abortion. The public will campaign to have them replaced. This was mostly talked about in the 80s and 90s. The lowest level, so the third level of courts, is Superior Court, and we have one for every county, so 58, and judges serve six-year terms, so this would be like Judge Persky, who we talked about last season. Mm. He was in Superior Court, Um, and they're chosen in elections, or if there's a vacancy, the governor will appoint someone to fill that vacancy. Okay. So all judges in the state of California have to have 10 years of practice of law, or served as a judge of court of record before they can be appointed. And every court has a chief judge or chief justice. Um, so in superior courts, those are chosen by the other judges on the court. Okay. And then in the Supreme Court and courts of appeal, the chief judge or justice is uh, appointed. Cool. And so as we learned, the public can boot out a judge. If they feel like they're not doing and a they good can job. call judges yeah that's what i meant recall yeah <laughs> but they can also choose not to vote for them for re-election okay so there's those checks all right yeah. we'll see you later alligator yeah so for the next two weeks we're going to be taking a quick hiatus but we'll be back august 1st with a new episode on a proposition up on the ballot or a race 
or a campaign. We don't really know yet. We'll figure it out and let you know. See you soon. Bye.